0: Hi guys, this is Sarah, and this is Katrina Jo, and And we're we're the the Feds. feds. FedWork is the modern day background check,
1: and we encourage people to feed Empowerment Daily. And And you're you're now now listening listening to to FedWork. FedWork. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. I remember going to an HBCU football game, and it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. Watching HBCU's team and band bring so much excitement to a stadium packed with fans was definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity. And you know what? The best part of it all is that Pepsi is a proud supporter of HBCU students on and off the field. Pepsi and HBCUs, that is exactly what I like. Hey guys, welcome to Fedwork. I'm Katrina Joe. And I'm Sarah. And it's Fed Work Friday, and we are here with another episode. We have an amazing guest who has been on such an amazing journey. Today we have Maxi J with us. Hey, girl. Hey, girl.
2: Hello. Yes. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
1: Of course. I mean, you've had a, a pretty amazing run in the last couple of months. How are you feeling with all of that?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a lot. It's actually a lot. But, you know, um, good problems to have. You know, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that God is even choosing me to be like this example or vessel for other women. That look right. Like me. right. Absolutely.
1: For those that are listening that aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your brand?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, my name is Maxie J. I am the owner of LA Lasque. I have been in um, well, LA Liske is a women's clothing brand for those that don't know. Um, I own my own manufacturing company in Turkey, Instable, and my women's clothing brand is based here in Los Angeles, California. Um, and I've been in the business for about seven years. I'm 34 years old. And yeah, that's pretty much like the summing up real, real <laughs> tight. That's pretty much me. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. What was that moment for you where you decided like, yo, I'm going to do my own brand?
2: You know, what? I was working for eBay for six years and I just was so miserable at work. I would go to work every day like this really just cannot be it like this cannot be all that i'm destined to do sit here and like press people to pay their bills like this cannot be my life i was in the billing department and um the girls was always hanging up in my face they had attitudes i just i had an attitude i said this is not for me i can't work for people and you know bring this awful attitude i know i wouldn't want to hire anyone like me i'm like i need to go into business you know for myself and do business for myself um when i was younger uh and even back then i would get like clothes from like Mutual like entrepreneur friends, they would send me free hair extensions, free clothes. I was too young to understand, like, why are they sending me these things? I'm just thinking, like, oh, free hair, sure, I wear it, I wear it on Facebook or whatever MySpace where I was on at the time. Right. And I'm like, influencer marketing has really been happening for some time now, it's just now becoming like a thing and it has a title. But we've been influencer marketing using friends with influence forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like we just didn't know how to really categorize it or, or what to call it, you know, per se. But I had a lot of friends that, um, you know, because I was popular, I wasn't like most popular in high school. So people always would want me to promote whatever it is they had going on. And um, eventually I finally understood and was like, oh, i like to bring some money. Oh, that's why they give me these free things. I need to bring myself some money. Like, you know, what, what do I need to do? I need to do something that, you know, that I really love to do. You know, I had peers around me that are um, entrepreneurs, but they were older. I looked at her like, you know, an auntie. And um, I just told her like, I'm going to start my own business too. So I literally started styling at first because I thought that was my thing. I thought like, okay, because all my friends are asked me to them for parties or homecoming and stuff like that. So I started with that. Didn't like that because it still very much felt like a nine to five. I was always running around, taking clothes back, bringing them for like 500 bucks. I'm like, oh, this work for is worth $500. That's a lot. You know? <laughs> so eventually, I was like, well, this is not the career I was looking for. So I was doing that on the side while um, working my job. And it still very much felt like I now work two nine to five. So I was like, okay, this was not the plan. So when I would I'd go out and style clients, there would be looks in my brain that were like not in the malls. And I'm just like, I would love to you know, make clothes instead of you know styling people in clothes that are already in the malls. I would love to be able to style people in clothes that I made. And then I'm like, well, I don't even know how to make. I still don't know how to sew to today, like I still can't even sew a button, like not even a button at this point. Um, but, but I was like, you know, I'm going to figure out how to start my own clothing brand, and I'm going to outsource in the areas that I'm not versed. And that's exactly what I did. So I literally went to like Google. It's so cliche and old fashioned. That's what I did. I literally Google how do you start a clothing line, literally like step by step. And I just went downtown to the Los Angeles uh, fashion district, and I just knocked on door to door asking for the things on my list. I didn't even know what the things were. I just saw them on Google. So I'm like, I got to start somewhere. (laughs) And that's literally how I started. Like door-to-door knocking, asking around, taking my notes, Googling, YouTubing, going to uh, conferences and things like this, listening to podcasts, just educating myself and just trying and failing and losing my money and learn that way. Like, okay, won't be doing that anymore. I lost there. You know, I literally had to learn through my experiences and that's literally how I started. I didn't have anyone that like gave me the ropes or told me what to do or not even anyone around me that was like um millionaire. Like you know, I'm literally like the first millionaire of my family. Um but I didn't you know my mother and my father both were like so middle class you know um so even when i first told them i wanted to start my own business they were like are you crazy you need to go get a job and do that little clothing you're talking about on the side and i'm just like no it's my passion you know so they're they're followed, my biggest cheerleaders now but you follow you
1: followed your passion and now yeah
2: you. i was gonna say yeah.
1: look at you look at how your year ended
2: yeah yeah yeah, my mom now. I mean, both of my parents are like my biggest supporters now, and they they eventually became very supportive even while I was uh, failing forward, is what I like to call it. Because even when I was going through my trials and tribulations in business, it still kept pushing the needle forward. I kept, I still kept going. Like I never like just gave completely up, you know. And once they saw how adamant and persistent I was with this thing, they're like. Okay. So since we see, we can't talk when it's going to get a job. Let's just support you through it. Let's like, you know, my dad, you know, he wasn't in a financial space to help me, but he always helped me spiritually. Anytime I felt defeated, he would pray me through it, encourage me, give me all the encouraging words. And I needed to feel strong enough to keep pushing forward, you know, and, um, my mother the same, you know, like my mom still commends me because, you know, my parents are older. My dad's 75. My mom is 70. She just turned 70. I just threw her really big party. I was going to say you have a really cool party, party I saw. <laughs> yes, she's so happy. It was her first party ever in 70 years. I'm like, wow, I'm never wow. she never had a party. Yes, she was always trying to save her money to give me and my sister a party. So she never did anything like, you know, for herself growing up. You went and threw her one. Which is gotta yes, be and a I grew up principle. in through her one. Yes, you take care of your kids and they will grow up to take care of you. That is right, true. right. True. Yeah, because that's their they are my ultimate goals. They're my reason why. I always tell entrepreneurs that have a reason why you want to be successful. It has to be bigger than you. It can't just be because you want the Rolls Royce and the diamond watch, yada, yada. And those things are nice and those things come with success, but your actual reason. Has to be bigger than that, way broader than that, and it has to be impactful to someone around you. Can't just be about you. And my parents were my reason why. I really, really, really want to take care of them. Yeah. So. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the main things that really attracted Sarah and I to you and being like, "Hey, we we need to have her on our show," (laughs) is because you are so transparent, and I love how you just said um fail forward, you forward. Know, especially when we're in this day and age where you know social media is, is huge on on multiple platforms and a lot of people try to portray this like perp- perfect life you know no mistakes, no hurdles I made it by myself you know it's all me and the fact' right. been so transparent to where you are able to talk to your audience, your fans your consumers of like hey, I might have failed, but I'm here. And so I am a living testimony to hopefully inspire or encourage, you know, the next person.
2: Yes. The next person coming up behind me, whatever, and and whatever your industry is. I say that all the time to my supporters, um, even on a a conference um, that I just spoke at a few days ago, I said the same thing. I'm like, you know, I used to ask myself, like, why? Like, why is, this so hard for me, you know. It felt like it was just deliberately so hard for me, you know. I had I was seeing people on Instagram. It's like I'll wake up one day and I see girls, you know, men are just buying them whole salons and just sitting them in their lap. Meanwhile, I'm busting my behind. I can't even get dang on, you know. I'm like, right. well, I'm not getting a salon in like, my lap, you know. I feel happy. Why is that. why not that easy for me, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> but I eventually was like, I realized, you know, when I trumped my trials and tribulations and i saw how much of an impact it was on my supporters and the people that um like look up to to little old me i'm like oh god i get it oh you're using me i mean you don't necessarily choose to be used you know like you have to just accept that if god assigns it to you and he feels like you're strong enough to be that vessel and you still have to feel blessed for it, right? Cause I'm like, yes, oh my yeah. God, I choose me and this is hard. But then, you know, when I when I see how much my story inspires others, I'm like, wow, this is so worth it. You know, I will go through that stuff a hundred times over if I know it's gonna stop. A hundred other women from making the mistakes that I've made, or even and just encourage a woman to want to go after her dreams and reach for the stars and know that it's not impossible for her because there is someone around you that looks like you that comes from where you come from and can and can make it. You know, I didn't have those examples. You know what I mean at all. Like I and I talk about that too. Like it does take a certain kind of tenacity that you have to pull from to go after something that you have no idea is going to work or not. And really bet on it and risk for it and cry for it and pray on it. And it's right. like, you don't even have it around you. Why do you think it's so possible? Yeah. Because you have to put, because my faith, like my faith is why I felt like it was so possible. If I didn't know anything else, I knew that God doesn't love other people more than he loves me. He loves us all the same. So I will always think about that. Like if Oprah can be rich, now the richest woman in the world, why even the richest woman in the world. Now I got to right, figure right. out how to get there, but I'm going to try. I'm going to yeah. try. Right. <laughs> right. right. And it's
0: a whole nother level of fulfilling probably when, you know, there's the financial side of it, which is great. And that's exciting. Yeah. But then there's the right. other side of it where everyone that's looking up to you and all this, you'll see like other future successes of people yeah. that followed in your footsteps. Like that's got to be more fulfilling than the money.
2: Oh yeah, no, they're both fulfilling because my money helps me take care of my family. I know I'd be lucky to take it to retire my parents, right? As much as I would tell my mom every year, like, oh my gosh, you I'm I'm so close. I told her that every year since I've started. I started. And I know my mom was just like, it's okay, baby. Don't worry about me. You just worry <laughs> about yourself, is all she was saying. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm close. Every year I would get knocked back. Knocked back, knocked back, but fail, fail, fail forward. And I'm like, gosh, I still now my mom's almost 70 still working a super stressful like little law firm she's a paralegal and that ached my heart so much and I'm like I have to be successful so I can take that pressure off of my mother she's been working so hard since I've known her you know what I'm saying with you know same with my father and then once I realized that okay so now my my um you know, it's not just my intermediate family that I get to help. I help my, I come through from my friends. I'm in a position to, to be there for people financially that I was never in a position to be able to be. And that makes me feel fulfilled. Like I could have been bought like all that astronomical crazy stuff. i rather hold on to my coins so that I can be able to save people. Like no one could save me. Like when I was going through, I was going through, my ancestors didn't set up my family tree to be wealthy or left behind property or land or all these things that I'm trying to position whatever comes after me for it that's what I'm doing I didn't I didn't have that and I don't fault them I feel like they just didn't know you know just like my parents didn't know my parents are old school immediately to them success meant nine to five and 401k and that was enough you know all this entrepreneur you want to be a millionaire all that that looked like tv to them you know that was movies you know my parents would say that like Girl, what fashion design do you know that's that is successful and i'm like you know what i don't know any but we are going to try. we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna try they always made me feel so crazy because they would ask really valid questions that i didn't have the answers to because i didn't i didn't know anyway and yeah. then when i realized that my main priority of my family and setting up generational wealth for my family Inspired the next person to do that for their family, the next person to do that for their right. family. And that felt even more fulfilled. So then I'm like, wow, now, but now, you know, what that gives me is like anxiety. I get anxiety about it. So now, when I used to like make mistakes, it was just me, I had to worry about, oh, I fumbled again, dang. You know, now though, that I have so many people looking to me as an example, it feels like pressure. Those are my, those are my, uh, those are the struggles that I deal with now because I so badly don't want to disappoint. Anyone, you know what I mean? And I, now that I feel like I have so many responsibilities, not just my parents, because now you're retired, you're definitely relying on me now, right? So that's one, you know, heavy piece. Then I have a team of like 19 people between Turkey and L.A., and I feel responsible for the way these people provide for their families. So now when I make decisions, it's like it's not just, um, actually, you know, if you make one bad move, it's going to be just on you. It's like a domino effect for my team, my family. And that is pressure. But that gives me now that's my reason why today, like initially, my reason why was to be able to take care of my parents. I can take care of my parents. Now I have a team and my parents that are relying on me. So now they're my reason why as well. And then now that I know that I'm that God uses me as a vessel, once I realized why my journey was so much harder than others or what seemed to me harder than others, I realized it was for me to impact people beyond just my intermediate family at that point right so now like my it family i don't even call them like fans like i hate that word like they know i call them my supporters because that's exactly what they do support any and everything that i put out i have a very buying following a very engaged following it's not humongous i don't have a million followers but my little 160k they rock, with okay? <laughs> they rock with me and anything that I stand behind because they know whatever I get behind is authentic. And I've passed up many opportunities that didn't suit to my character because I didn't want to mislead my following into buying into something that even I don't trust or believe in. It's, it's not even a, there's not a number that someone can pay me to give behind something that I don't feel is uh, trustworthy. Because I know I spent years building this trusted brand. It's like I can't. I can't deplete it for, you know, some money or whatever the case may be, you know? So, yeah, so now I know, like, okay, because in the beginning, I didn't know why I was, I thought I was just being attacked. Like, you know, you automatically give yourself, like, the victim role, like, why is this so hard? Uh, Why me? Uh," You know, I was going through all of that. And then when I started, I, realized, I had to realize it like, oh, dang, that changed your life. Oh, I was bumping to people in the streets and they were like, they were like bursting into tears telling you how to change your lives and all these things. And now I'm crying with them. We hug, we don't know each other. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, I got it. I got it now. That's why nobody came and put a salon in my lap. All right, I'm supposed to do this. I was supposed, this was my calling. It's bigger than me just making people feel pretty and look fly in clothes. Like, it's yeah. bigger than that. And so, yeah, now I've accepted that, but it definitely took me time to like, I, w- I would be phony if I was to say, like, oh, I just wanted to just change the world automatically. You know, as soon as I started entrepreneurship, I just want to change the world, make everybody a better person. That wasn't my initial reason why. Like, as I grew up, So I was young, I was 25. So as I grew up and learned myself, learned my business, learned why I was going through certain things, grew closer to God and realizing that, okay, these are the reasons why I'm going through, okay, Dad, you're using me. Okay, that took me years to figure out. Now that I know that, those are all my reasons why I go so hard today and why I do things outside of just. Making clothes and, and my sales, or whatever the case may be. I have master classes coming up. I'll speak at women in primary events all the time. I have them myself. I do those things because now I know my true calling is beyond just making nice clothes, you know? So, yeah, it took just, me some years the to wrap like my the, mind around
1: it, but I got the it. The clothes were just like the intro to
2: you being a best yeah. and then it, it, you know. And then it started, started to unfold, yeah. And I started to learn so much even about myself. I mean, I used to even ask God, like, why? I would, when I would meet people, and even still today, I always, it never gets old. I always get so shocked when people act so ecstatic to meet me or see me or anything. like that. I'm just like, girl, me. You know, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I always do that. And they're like, girl, just, you know, and they're like telling me, I'm just like, wow, I'm always, I'm always shocked. Like it never gets old. And I probably, I've been hearing it for years. And I always get emotional. I always pray about it after I come in contact with someone. Like it's interesting. It's an interesting journey. And I had to learn about it and accept it. And then really take my responsibility serious. Cause now I feel like it's my responsibility to make sure that, my success makes room and for others to succeed as well.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, uh, that's that's like a probably the the best reward that you could get that financially, of course. But seeing women, especially in what you design, is beautiful and makes people feel sexy. And it gives out this, you know, this energy of of a woman when they get dressed up in something beautiful that was designed to fit them right. Um, right how does that feel like communicate with people and you know your supporters who say like I've never been able to wear a dress that felt like this you know yeah beautiful
2: thank you thank you (laughs) that's fulfilling also so that's something else that I just love so much about um, my craft that's one of the reasons why even though I've taken my L's and losing those stores almost knocked the wind out my chest but when I was trying, wanted to try again, all my friends who I can and when I went through those losses that they all thought I was crazy. Like, you want to do this again, girl? You crazy and it dragged you to the dirt. You want to do it again? <laughs> and I'm just like, ah. I am like, I know. And I learned a lot about business. I really can scale any business at this point. It's So it's not that I had to do this. Like, I had to do Fashion design, like I did not feel fulfilled. I'd already had started other business ventures that were doing well and that's fine. But they were, it was like depressing because I don't want to do anything for just the money or just to survive or just to pay my bills. I don't want that. Like that feels like I'm just existing and not living in my truth and what God put me on this earth to do. So I got back in it, even though I'd had no clue if it would work or not, especially because I launched it during COVID. I make dresses it's locked down. It's September of 2020. So we was needy and COVID when I decided to relaunch it, And I still was like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> my, man, my man was like, where are everybody going to go? Like everything's on lockdown. You may dress like you make sweats and leisure wear or anything like that. I'm like, right. And I'm still going to do it. I just could not get, <laughs> I just couldn't get around. I couldn't get away from it. Like I had to do it. I feel so happy. So even when I, when people, when people, ask me my typical day or when they hear about the things I went through is one of the reasons why it's not why I go so hard and why it's not like work to me because I love it so much so even on my off days I have to like have a whole pep talk for myself to like not check my emails or not do this not do that because it doesn't it doesn't feel like an inconvenience you know most people feel like oh my god no I uh, I don't want to (laughs) work I'm like I don't really mind it. You know, my my off day is Sunday and that's the day that I like prepare for my week ahead. So I do the things that are like my self-care things, which I love to do. Like I love the spa. I love skincare regimens. I put like seven, eight things on my face every day. (laughs) But on that day, I literally do everything from A to Z and I make sure I leave this on for 15 minutes. Like I do all my little self-care stuff and I always feel like I'm too much in a rush to do throughout the week. Like I probably put three products on my face during the week, but on Sunday I'm putting all eight, seven <laughs> of them on there, yeah, <laughs> and they're all fifteen minutes each, yeah. <laughs> so, but I still in between during my fifteen minutes with my mud mask on, I'm emailing, I'm yeah. researching something, I'm looking at my tax photos to see my customers slay for their birthdays, like I'm. I just love it. It doesn't feel like work to me, you know, so it's important that you do what you love so that you don't feel trained because it is going to take a lot of work to grow it. And if you already feel like it's a task, then you're not going to be able to put your all into it because you already don't want to do it from beginning with, you know. So one thing that my parents had to learn the hard way and something I told them, you know, at dinner one time when I was taking the dinner, I said, you know, you guys... Our old school and some of the things you taught me was so vital and, and still is so vital to my life. Just my character, my integrity, just always choosing to do the right thing, no matter how frustrated you are, how people treat you as their path, how you respond as yours. and All these good characteristics you taught me from being older, from my parents being older and not kids, raising kids really helped me in my adulthood. And it got me pretty far in life, you know, as far as people wanting to do business with me, people wanting to support me, they actually like me as a person. So I told my parents, thank you for that. Thanks. But the only thing that you guys probably should have did differently was like, not forcing me to go to school for what you felt was your idea of success, but maybe actually looking at what I'm actually gifted at doing what I'm actually good at doing. So that way I don't, quit because I kept quitting and everything that they told me to do because I didn't like it I just was doing it because you told me to but it wasn't my thing it wasn't my gift it wasn't what God put me on this earth to do So now these new age parents and everything, you know, they're looking into their kids and what they like doing from a young age. I was dressing dolls and turning T-shirts into dresses and all kinds of stuff since young, but you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't know that that was could even be a career. You know what I mean? Like for when their generation, it was doctors, attorneys, lawyers. That's it. You know, that's success. Go do that, and that's the only way you'll be successful. You need a degree, a master's, that. But like now, since entrepreneurship is so you know, um, it's so popular now. Like now people are understanding like from, it's so young. It's so important from young to look at what are they good at? What do they love doing? And influence them to do that, to follow that path. So that way when you face hurdles, cause you will, you won't quit cause you love it. Yeah. But when you're trying to add something that you're only doing, cause someone told you to do it, you're going to quit because you don't even like it. So if something's hard and you already don't like it, why would you want to keep trying to something you don't like? It just doesn't even make logic sense, you know? So, yeah, I had to have that tough little conversation with my parents and they actually agreed. Like, they actually agreed. My mom said, you know, the entrepreneurship was just not a thing in my generation. Like, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. And when you ever came across someone who owned a business, they were like, one of none. Like, wow. Like, you know, you look, you feel like he was looking at an alien. <laughs> my mom yeah. I mean,
0: even when I went to school, it wasn't an option to get an entrepreneur degree. Right. And yeah. now it's in universities. So it's it's showing the, yeah. the trajectory has changed
2: heck yeah oh that's a good observation yeah you're right it wasn't yeah. an option yeah that? yeah true
1: yeah as an entrepreneur and you know you talk about your struggles and the ups and downs of your business mm-hmm. and the wins and all of that what would you say your biggest struggle has been as an entrepreneur and um oh did we lose her oh, oh she's fine. <laughs> no you're I'm good um, yeah you're good um what has been your biggest struggle as an entrepreneur and how did you overcome that?
2: So I would say too, I have two biggest, my two biggest struggles as an entrepreneur was like when it's feels like it's not working or failing, being able to pull from somewhere deep inside to keep trying, even when something's giving you a hard time is very Tough, right? um That took me years to like. I kept doing it though. That's what's so interesting, and I confused myself about it because I'm like, "Where did you pull from to keep trying at that after you lost all your money several times?" Like, I don't <laughs> understand. Like, where, what made you want to keep trying at something that kept taking your money? I'm just trying to figure <laughs> it out. But like, I, I, I'm still you know, but it's but it I, I did. It. I just would not stop, and I would listen to entrepreneur like podcasts and stuff like that, and. Mm-hmm. And the billionaires and they would say things like the only difference between a successful person and a non-successful person is that the successful person kept going, you know, it was hard. And the non-successful person checked out and tried something else. And that ended up being hard anyways, checked out, tried something else. So you have to go through the journey regardless. You know, nothing is gonna just blossom out the blue. And I always felt like it was hard to before before I learned that throughout my experience, I felt like it was always hard to push yourself to do something that is just draining you. And just, especially when you feel like you have no support and all those things. And um, my parents was very much against the entrepreneurship when I first started. I knew they loved me. I knew they wanted the best for me. So I would second guess it. Like, should I not? Should I go get a dang old job? I mean, dang. You know, my parents love me. Like they wouldn't tell me something that's going to hurt me. And I still had to like disobey my parents in a sense and still go after something that, I felt fulfilled me. And that was depressing because I felt like I wasn't obeying my parents, you know what I mean? But I still just did what I wanted to do. And it felt very selfish at the time. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand. I couldn't process the feelings. So that was very, that was very hard. Right. And even now there's no one over me that's like, maxi if you don't get up and go do this today whole business will collapse you know right. that's me that i have to push every day and tell myself and be my own cheerleader and my own um yeah like support system and all the things that i need and that's one of the reasons why i'm so close to God because since i don't have anyone like a physical like man man a man as in a human um I pull that from my spirituality and that pushes me like I'm like and I'll just ask God for the strength to get through my day I'll ask God for those things if I feel defeated or if I feel like I don't feel like it or I'm just tired or I'm sick or I'm on my menstrual or whatever my reasons are I have Mm -hmm. to still get up and do this every day whether I'm feeling good or not you know what (laughs) I mean so that's pretty tough you know um pulling from that even when you don't you don't have it to give and you still got to give it and you still got to interact with humans and your team and all these things. And sometimes you just want to be left alone and you can never be left alone when you're in entrepreneurship. Right. So yeah. that's tough. Um, and then I would say um, building a team that is sufficient mm-hmm. and that is trustworthy. When you're a small business, your team is so vital. You know, like when you get into corporate America and you become the corporate America for uh, America, right? When your business is so big and now you have, you know, 2,000 employees, yada, yada. Now you're considered the corporate America. Um, Your pipeline's so long, it's like at some point you kind of lose this connect with everything, right? Um, But when you're a small business, like, you're very connected to your team and trusting people when you're in this stage is very hard. And it's a lot of different personalities that you have to learn. And leadership is a whole nother ball game. Like you thought it was hard to start your business. Imagine now, once you start letting people into your business, and having to filter how you speak and what you say and make sure you don't get yourself in no lawsuits because you can't tell an employee this or that or make sure you're in this or that is tough, right? So now that's a whole nother a whole nother ball game leadership and being a great leader and one of, and people wanting to actually work for you and enjoy working for you, but still somehow learning how to make your work environment a great experience, but still knowing how to be assertive so nobody don't play with your business. It's a whole <laughs> talent, yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a whole job. talent in itself, and and it's and it's hard and it's hard and that and those are to me those are the two most. Uh, My big struggles, even before I was, I became um, successful enough to afford a team because it was a point in time where I needed a team, but couldn't afford one. Mm -hmm. Money was always tight. I was always having to put money back to the business, take care of myself and somehow still fund the future of the business. I never could hire in the departments that I felt that I truly needed. So it will make me fall behind. I will actually lose more money because I was incapable of doing everything myself. And when you're passionate about your business and you love it or not, you initially think you want to do it. You think you want to do everything until you realize it, it gets to a level where it's beyond what you can do yourself. And now you're losing more because you can't be in seven places at one time. It's impossible. Right. Yeah. And your talent is whatever it is. The product is. That's what you really need to be doing. You're not. The marketing firm. You're not the uh, the tech, the sound, or whatever you need for your. You know those aren't your strengths. You know you might know a little bit, know it well enough to know what you need to hire, but not yes. well enough for you to be you know executing it to, at its best ability. Like you would need it to be for it to be successful in that realm. So you know I had to learn that too as I got older and more experienced in my business. Like okay, I have to take some of these hats off. I'm grateful that I went through the phase of wearing all the hats of my business because right. I know exactly what I need to hire and what I need right. was required. No one can tell me that this is too much or they can only do this in a certain amount of time because I've done everything myself, right? So I'm grateful for the experience, but I definitely, I needed the experience in order for me to even know what I need to hire for, right? Yeah. But I did. in order to grow, I needed a team. And so that was hard, starting to let people into my world, trusting them with my the insights You're of my baby. business, yeah. yeah, it's like you know. yeah,
1: like like Sarah just said, like your you know your business becomes like your baby, where you're yeah. like protective over it, and you're like, hold on, yeah. do I want to hire? Do I trust this person? You know, yeah, delegating difficult delegating
0: roles that you know that you've done before, and you're like.
2: I don't think sure. <laughs> right, and then you think you're saving, and then you me. don't realize that you're not. You're actually, you know, you're not saving because the amount of time that is taking you to do every right. single thing, you're you're overworking yourself at that point, right? So you have to like make that conscious decision and realize like what's more important. Me being scared that someone's gonna, you know, because at the end of the day, it's your formula. So people can know exactly what you do. That doesn't mean that it's gonna come out exactly how you make it, right? I can give you guys my recipe to how I make spaghetti, but does it mean that it's gonna come exact out exactly how I make my spaghetti? Probably right. not, you know. So like everyone has their own their own touch, and that's what I have to come to terms with. I have to just leave it to God. Like God, I just pray that you put Solid people around me give me the discernment to discern between who is for LSK and who is not. And I haven't always made the best decisions. I've had employee horror stories as well, you know, but my team right now is great and they're amazing. And I feel like I'm finally in my stride and I'm finally learning how to discern. You can't just take on anyone who's willing to work. You have to really dig deeper and see what their purpose is is and then you know in your company and where they even want to be in their future and all those things matter when you onboard someone you know on see a company so i I, i'm that piece is still a learning phase for me you know um leadership is it's it's tough it's different like now 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 i'm listening to podcasts on that like i'm like okay because i want to make sure that (laughs) right Because one thing that I used to hate, you know, when I was in corporate America, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel like anyone would see me. I would go above and beyond and no one would acknowledge me. So I make sure that my team feels my appreciation. You know, I make sure that when I see that you went above and beyond my expectations, I just that I see that you did your job because I hired you to do your job. But when I see you go above and beyond my expectations, that's when I show you that I see you. And I usually, you know, I do a lot of things. I usually buy them gifts or take them out to nice dinners and stuff like that, you know? But at the same time, I keep a good relationship, but I don't befriend my team because I'm not your friend because they still have to respect me as their boss and as the owner of the company so that that whole like leisure, don't care, coming when I want to thing, don't start to occur you know and it's tough because you know I like people so sometimes you know it's hard for me to like I have to learn how to you know do that at first it was spread at first I was befriending my team and then that would backfire on me so then I was very cold and I militant and that was backfiring so I'm like all right militant friend uh, leadership uh, you know (laughs) yeah you gotta find that balance (laughs) yeah it's hard it's hard so that's my current like that's the current, that's the current like hardship in my business. And um, I guess there's three and then and then there's growing pains. That's tough too, right? So when you start to grow, having to keep up with your traffic, scared to lose it, scared to do too much, border too much, border too little, like, then you get in that, that, that tug of war of like, you're growing faster than you can keep up. Now you're Mm -hmm. trying to hire a team, get the product that you need, keep up with the stuff. uh, uh, uh. So then that's something too, they are good problems to have. But if you fumble in there, you could lose, it could collapse, you know? So it's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. Well, now that you've been delegating and you have a little bit maybe off of your, off of your plate. And now that you have the employees there, have you found any time or is it, uh, you know, something that you do on the side? Um, any Fed work? And do you know what Fed work is? I should start with that.
2: No, no, no. I was going to yeah. ask you what Fed work.
0: Okay, so uh, Fed work is basically we, we like to call it the modern day background check. So okay. it's you know whether it be on employees, coworkers, other brands, romantic relationships, whatever it may be. It's just doing some some research, and research, some digital snooping.
1: Um, it's right. basically on the gram. You know, you're trying to put things together. You're trying to figure something out. Oh yeah, I have a, a whole artwork. fake
2: page for that girl. Yes, a see? whole fake page for that. Yes, so <laughs> yes, absolutely. I use her for many things. So my fake page can't take out her name because yeah, she we be don't other other her people her name. She right to yeah, yeah. <laughs> be on the shade room telling her mind too, child. So like that, my my, uh, my fake page. That is where I do my research. I actually follow a bunch of like fashion brands from my. FedWork uh, page because it creates on my algorithm for like fashion trends to always show you know show up. Um, so like when I do have downtime and I'm trying to be inspired from my next collection or whatever the case may be, I do my research on that page because majority of. the fashion just pops up on my page all day, every day, whether it's the latest TikTok trends or, or whatever, you know, whatever the girls are wearing right now in in season or what's in, or what's to come that kind of, that kind of stuff shows up on that page. Um, as far as my, like love life, as far as like snooping for romance, girl, thankfully we, see, we see that ring. We see that ring. Yes, thankfully my man is not into IG, so okay. <laughs> I don't gotta be. A, he ain't liking nobody pictures and all of that, because I would come to a halt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but yeah. So I don't really have to use it in that sense. But yeah, I, I do. I I am engaged now. I was that entrepreneur a woman who always felt like um men just didn't know what to do with me like i felt like they were intimidated by me they mm-hmm. were always talk about how they wanted this kind of boss woman and all the woman on her with her you know stuff together and yada yada and then they will get one and then now they don't know what to do right and that would be my that was my everyday story for like years because i remember you know what's so crazy and i always say this When I was working nine to five, I would attract successful guys all the time. And my insecurity then used to be that they would meet a woman that had her stuff together, that was a boss that had her own this or that and leave me for her. Cause I would feel insecure about that. Cause I felt like, you know, I wasn't really doing anything. I went to work every day. That's it. You know? And I was like, I'm like, dang, I need to do something more. And so when I would, and I would date older guys back then, that's what I was into. I'm still my my guy is 10 years older than me also. But like, I would be like, Oh my God, they're going to meet somebody their age. That's the boss. And so that like, I'm probably just like a bill to them right now. You know, like that's all I think. And then I will get older and then I was a successful woman. I used to be so intimidated by. And then now you got worry about even going to go cute little young thing who ain't got nothing. I'm like, you know what? At this point, I'm not worried about what. And nobody got to go do at this point because it's like right. either, either way, you know, it just is what it is. Like these men are, they don't know what they. A lot of them don't know what they are, what they want, and when they have one, they want the other. Period. So they right. cut. They have the one that has one nothing, then they're yearning to go find the one that has something when you have when you're with the one that has something now you don't want the responsibility that comes with a woman like that now you want somebody who just shuts up and gets their hair and nails done and that and that's what you think you want you don't you always want the opposite right, you know right, right. get the, the opposite you know so it took a while for it but there is that two percent of men who actually know what they want they know how to treat you like a lady and all those things and when I finally met my fiance like I was so fed up guys. I didn't even care. You know, when I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, I would try to like play my hand, right? Like I didn't want to say too much in the beginning because I'm trying to yeah. like, figure it out and all those little things. I want them to think I'm like a gold digger if I actually require a man to be successful and all those little things. So I will just watch what I say, even though I knew... I knew my type. I knew I wanted a man that was successful, that was a boss that was like, you know, that knew how to take control and that treated me like a lady, courted me, and, you know, all those things, like giving is my love language as well. It's how I show my love, not just how I receive it. I also give when I love you and care for you too, right? So when I would give with a guy who didn't, who wasn't like that, it would, I would always try to like suppress what I wanted or who I was so that they wouldn't think this or that. But, by the time I met my fans, I did not care. And, and, I, and I was like, dang, I wish I would have just not cared years ago because it like worked out. You know, I just told him exactly what I wanted from the beginning. I wasn't scared what he thought, you know, like it right. is, is what it was you know, at this point. And, you know, you make better decisions when you can take care of yourself. I said that, too. You know, when I was younger, yes. I yeah, yeah, you you have a cloud. You're you're thinking from a survival mindset sometimes you know so if you're in survival mode and you're dating are you really basing it on what you want or are you basing it on what you feel you need you know at the time right so mm-hmm. i always tell younger girls that are coming up behind me like it's important that you get your stuff together first so you're making your decisions for your love life your friendships whoever with a clear mind because mm-hmm. it can be very cloudy if you are in a survival mode Or struggling of any kind Whatever that is It don't always have to be financial You could be struggling From wanting yearning for attention Or whatever the case may be And you might not Make the best decision Because that person Might fulfill that thing for you but that person Might not be the best person for you as a whole you're just only choosing them based on that one thing you feel that you need so that's why it's important that we're whole and that we are everything that we already need by ourselves which is us and god and then whoever else comes in your life is a plus it's an addition but it's not like filling a space yeah exactly so it's like it's really important so once i got older and i actually did take that time to myself I decided to be single for like a year straight. I decided not to even entertain a guy. I just zoned into my business, like full throttle. I wasn't worried about dating. I was just, oh, I was just, I don't know what, re- honestly, I don't know what put me in that mindset, but I literally was in that mindset right before I met my guy. And, um, I really just wanted my business to be successful and I felt like there was a lot of distractions around me and I wanted to eliminate them. So, and then I was like, the guys is going with it. All distractions is going. The guys too, friends, everybody got to go. So like, that's where, that's what mindset I was in. Right when I felt like I was happy with who I was, I courted myself where I was going to the movies by myself. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, taking myself to dinner, treating myself nice because I felt like, a man only treats you the way you treat yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to add, they want to, it automatically makes them feel like they got to step to you a certain kind of way because they see how you're rocking with yourself. But if you're not, if you don't even love yourself, if you don't even feel like you deserve the best or treat yourself nice, you can't really expect somebody else to come in and do that for you, things that you can't even do for yourself, right? And so I concluded that. And I wanted to just be the best version of myself. And I want to focus on that and want any distractions. And I took that time to myself. Once I finally felt like, okay I like her I like who Maxie is today I feel like she would actually be a good girlfriend I don't you know two toxic people in one relationship ain't no good right so I'm like right, I want right. to be yeah I want to be you know so I want to be the woman that I felt like the man the, the caliber of man that I claimed that I deserved and I wanted I wanted to make sure that I was also the woman that they are even looking for that they will be afraid to lose right you can't right. be basic out here, but you want top tier, but you're not, deli- but you're not top tier, you're not delivering top tier, right? And I don't always mean financially. I mean, it could just be emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, I wasn't the most affectionate person. Like it was a lot of things about myself that I had to work on, you know, as, as a woman beyond just my financial status, but it did make it so much easier as well. Once my financial space was straight, because then I also was like, okay, so I definitely don't need you to do anything. For me, you know, financially. So at this point, I'm dating who I want, not who I need. And then I also, you know, I now I feel confident in myself and who I am as a woman, what I bring to the table. So I'm also not accepting nonetheless of what I feel I deserve because I'm sure of who I am now. You know, and it took me I had to I had to build that up for myself. So a lot of time I met him, I was in that space. And I literally just told him exactly how it is like, yeah, you know, this is what I want. You know, this is the kind of guy I'm looking for. I'm looking for marriage. I'm looking for kids. I, you know, you, I would have never had some conversation off the bat with a guy. I would have thought that I would have ran him off, scared him off, whatever. But you know, at this point, right. I met him and I was already in my 30s. So I'm not here to play with nobody. I have no more temporary nothing. I have no more space for temporary. I'm like I, at that point, I'm, I was I'm 34. So I was 32 when I met him. So I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Everybody, that I take now at this point, if I don't see longevity or future, I'm not even entertaining it. That was what my 20s was for. I don't have no more time to just be wasting no more. I could waste by my. Right. I could be by myself. You know, and I have no problem. I like me enough now. I like going to dinner by myself and movies by myself. I'm okay with that. But yeah, once I, that's why it's so important because once I got to this space and I met him in this space, it was like the best thing I could have ever did for myself or our relationship as well. He said the same thing. He tells me all the time, no woman has ever held him accountable the way that I do. And he also says like, the way he, he said he watched me on Instagram for a year straight before he even stepped to me. And he knew that he couldn't step to me until he felt that he could be the kind of man that a woman like me would wants a woman like me would want to keep because he was to say the same thing like you know it's a lot of men it's a lot of women out here we could just be dating you know temporary we're gonna be all be doing temporary stuff all the time but you have to be someone that know someone doesn't want to lose that's a whole nother ball game you know what I mean so and he felt the same way I didn't even know he was on that type of time too you know so by the time God brought us together we both felt like we were someone that someone would feel absolutely blessed to have, and so, so we were able to, yes, it, yes, exactly,
1: alignment, right time, yeah. place, and like where you were at personally aligned to where you yes. wanted your love life to be.
2: Exactly, is- he was on the same time, so I just it, it worked. It worked out, but you know, and I love that you're a, able
1: to balance that with your career because a lot of times yeah. I think, especially in this in in this time, I go a lot of people. Sometimes think that like, oh, if you're a strong woman, you have a successful business, you're an entrepreneur, like you don't balance or have time for love or, you know, like you said, can be intimidating and scare off Mm -hmm. men all the time, which Mm is know Sarah and I can speak to all day, but, um, but you know, it's beautiful that you're able to actually, you know, live in it and be like, yo, you can have both, you can have the best of both worlds. You can have yes. the love, you can have the business, you can have the balance, all of that. So yes. congratulations to you. Thank Thank you. Congratulations.
2: Very you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's important to make sure you date a man that's an entrepreneur too. Like when you date a man that's not on your same time, it is hard to get someone to understand your world when they're not in yeah. your world. You yeah. know, like it just is what it is. I think it's, I, I, I was on a podcast before and I spoke to that. I had so much backlash and I said that I feel entrepreneurs should be entrepreneurs and corporate should date be corporate because it's, I mean, <laughs> I just feel like it, they understand each other's wor- worlds um, the best. And I know that in my level, view, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it might yeah. work out for some, but I feel like for the majority, it's better that you guys' worlds are similar. So it's not too much trying to convince someone to understand your world. Like, that's too much. That's too combative. It's too much, you know? Uh, so, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Well, I have a question for you. Are you re- ready to pull a quickie with us? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so it's <laughs> basically like a lightning round kind of game uh, 10 to 12 questions. Just answer whatever first thing comes to mind. We don't need an explanation. It'll just be like one or the other kind of a thing. Okay. Okay. Quick, quick, lightning round. Okay. Um, okay. So it's a Friday night. Are you dressed up or are you comfy casual? Dressed up. Um, sunrise or sunset? Sunset. What is one, ent- or what is, I'm sorry. <laughs> what is one self-care that you cannot go without? Dispatch. Who would you most like to quarantine with? Oh, I'm sorry? Who would you most like to quarantine with?
2: My guy. My fiance. <laughs> uh,
0: person you look up to?
2: One person I look up to? Um, mm-hmm. God.
0: If you could pick any decade to live in, which would it be?
2: Hmm, That's a good one. Any decade to live in. I Actually, like the decade that I'm in, the 80s is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: What is the craziest DM you've ever received?
2: Craziest DM. Oh, um, uh, the <laughs> craziest DM I've ever I've ever gotten was like a video of someone sucking toes. It was a oh no! <laughs> wow. <Whoa>, okay. Like <laughs> black weirdo. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> Three things you couldn't live without on a deserted island.
2: I would need, I would need TDJ's YouTube channel. Dang, on an island, mean means no internet. But hopefully, I have internet. <laughs> TDJ's YouTube channel, my um, skincare products, and my sketchbook. My
0: okay. <laughs> my guilty pleasure is.
2: French fries. I just eat them that's way too much. My day day really like, that? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I believe I in... I always say that. My guilty pleasure is French fries.
0: <laughs> I believe in...
2: I believe in... Um, is that a spiritual question? Or just... Are you guys asking me what's my higher above?
0: No, no it's just, it's just like, what do you believe
2: in? in. Like, oh. It um, could be that. I'm, yeah, I I well, I believe in following your dreams. Yeah, I'll say that. I like that. I'm grateful for my spirituality.
0: And last question: to FedWork or not to FedWork? Fed
2: yeah. yeah, to FedWork, yeah. <laughs> FedWork.
0: Well, thank yeah, you I for pulling up with Fed us. Work. And
1: I do want to say I love how you actually do FedWork like for your business and fashion ah. or, you know, sometimes Fed work can have like a negative connotation where you're like, you know, if you, yes. you know, trying to spy on your man or if you're trying to look at yeah. other things, but you yeah. are actually using it of like, you know, I need to see all the fashion, yes. I need to, you know, stay on my toes for my business. Yes. So I love that. Yes.
2: Yes. I follow other women that are doing it that I aspire to, be like, or I feel like they just inspire me to keep, stay on my toes. Like yeah. that page is more of a positive, yeah, page than like a negative one for sure. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Where yeah.
0: can the people find you?
2: Well, I am on Instagram. Maxi J is my personal um, Instagram page, and then my business page is La Lisque. That's spelled E L L A E L I S Q U E
1: amazing thank you for hanging out with us today yeah,
2: thank you for having me it was mind. fun it was you really, really got to very easy to talk to <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: you thank you for being transparent and good luck with everything and i'm sure we'll see you soon
2: yeah thank you bye guys yes,
1: bye.
2: Bye. bye
0: thank you for tuning in to this episode of FedWork. we hope that you enjoyed it please make sure to like comment and subscribe on all platforms for any inquiries or sponsorship requests please visit wearefedwork.com.